shit's going to happen the way it's going to happen one way or the other, whether you lead up to it with diarrhea or being stoked. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I've had enough fucking diarrhea. (laughs) Choose hope. (laughs) Stop diarrhea. (laughs) Should we make (laughs) t-shirts? Hi, Casey. Hi, how are you? I'm well. I'm sick of the rain. It's been pouring rain there, and you've been so busy because I feel like every time I see you, you're out in the rain, like outdoor. So I've been out in that rain. Oh, no. I'm eating a matzo ball. I'm eating matzo ball soup. I thought I was like, I know you guys eat it when I eat. I'll just do it (laughs) off mic. But also, I felt like soup. I'm just going to drink it. It's mostly broth. (laughs) <laughs> There's not even chicken in this one. It's just like a lot of fe- um wait, is that fennel? Dill, I, I believe. Fennel. Dill. How did you know? Yes. Because that's what that's usually dill and fennel, their little fronds look similar. They look the same. But dill is what is traditionally I make a good matzo ball soup for for a shiksa. Listen, I'll tell you something. Mark does not like this one, but it's my <laughs> favorite one because it this it has so much dill in it and I love yeah. it. It's d- um, delicious. It's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> um, but it's been yeah. It's been it's been it's been raining. It's been weird. It's been so annoying. Um, but it's been a, lo- a lot's going on. Yeah. <sighs> Just there's been a lot. I I'm not gonna say I've had a lot, but I've had a couple a couple things. Couple couple things. Going on this week, you got did you, you got your shots? Yeah, got my shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, did feel very. Yeah, how'd one, you feel? I got some in one arm and one in another. I don't know which was which, but the one where I the arm where I got one that was the sorest. So whatever shot that was, I hate you. I want to find out who you are and why you wanted to hurt me. Wait, how come you don't know? I always ask. Oh, I just didn't ask what was going in mm-hmm. where because I assumed she was taking it down, and if there was any kind of emergency, she would have You'd the be able to find that. out. You'd be yeah. able to find out. And let let's be honest, I've never had a shot emergency, and I get shots a lot. So, yeah, well, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you've never <laughs> had. Thank God. Thank God for the small things. You know, I was so blasé about getting a shot, but um, yeah, but there was that. And then, uh, oh, (laughs) any of you who uh, are friends with my husband on Instagram, I know some of you are, you'll know about what happened to him, that poor guy. Um, Wait, I am, but I got to be honest with you, because of the, um, because I think of the last, like, month and a half of my life. Yeah. um, most of my Instagram feed at this point are just memes. Oh, <laughs> you've because trained the algorithm that you want think, memes only. Yeah, because I think like in my sort of sadness or, you know, melancholy yeah. state, I sort of just want like just like cats that are like saying funny things or... Yeah, it's like just eating like, junk food. Sometimes you just have to. A hundred percent. I yeah. A little bit I'm like getting to the point where I'm like I'm over it, but... yeah. So I didn't see Matt's post, so this is news to me. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, 
if it wasn't such a story or if it didn't have to be explained, I think it's almost as funny as a meme. And thank God he had a good sense of humor about it. But a long time ago, we were on a trip and he was sitting by the window in his little underwears, only wearing his little underwear, looking at his phone. And he looked so cute that I took a picture of him and I made it his photo on his contact in my phone and it's labeled husband. And so when I want to text him or call him, I just type in husband and it goes to him and that's fine. I don't even know that he was aware that that was his like ID picture on my phone. Did you do the update of the phone? Um, I guess. Yeah. But what had happened was the other day, a colleague of his from work went to text him about a movie, because I guess they talked about movies at work. And he was like, hey, amigo, uh, I just went to find you in my contacts, and this is your profile picture. (laughs) I just wanted to give you a heads up. And it was the underwear picture. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. also labeled husband, but also my husband's name. How did this happen? (laughs) I'm not an ex I'm not an expert. But the new like the did you guys both do the update? Maybe. I mean you the- have to you'd either know or you wouldn't cuz the update thing is weird and then when you call someone like your thing is so huge. Do you like it's like oh, yeah, it's like yeah. huge now. Like your picture okay. is huge. Got it. And it like I just I don't know. Like it feels like I told Mark he had to change his because I was like, I was like, especially like if you date someone, like you can't have because his is like, you guys, it's okay. I'm just going to, Mark, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you listen to podcasts, but I did tell, I was like, you got to like, if you're going to start dating, like you cannot be calling or texting ladies and have your emote or like your avatar, your picture or whatever that pops up is like, right. um, it's like one of those like AI generated, look, Casey, look. Oh, <laughs> It's like an AI generated like fantasy picture of Mark. It's like a, that it's would, a fantasy. Like if, he was text, if he was texting a lady, it would look like you know, like he was trying to be real, like put suave. a fantasy in her in her mind. Yeah, it just was like I was like, mm, that is hilarious. No, oh my God, I don't think I did do the update then because mine aren't huge like that. I still have the old school, like, it looks like a, you know, like an address book. Okay. So then I don't, I actually don't have any fucking idea because, you know, I don't know anything about stuff anyway, like phone stuff. I'll have to ask Janie Haddad Tompkins because she's the only one that is ever able to straighten out any type of technological mystery that I've ever had. But here's what I also think. I also just think every once in a while some shit like that happens so that, like, your phone is like just to remind you that I'm the boss of you and I could ruin your life if I wanted to. So did you change his picture? I immediately deleted the photo. I don't know if that then updates. Like uh, this this could be on all of my husband's colleagues' phones for all I know or just this one person. I don't know how it got on this one person's phone. But did he phone. did he update? Did he do the update? I don't know. All I'm saying is that like weird stuff with that update happened. That's all I know. I don't know. Because for one, like, like Mark did the update first and literally in like 
two hours, I kept getting notifications from that like his profile had changed or like his oh, profile God. picture had changed or something. And I was like, what is this? Like, I don't even, under- but we are on like a family sharing plan, which I'm sure you are too. Yeah, we are. So there might be something, it might be something to do with that. I don't know. I don't I know. I don't know. But um, to Matthew's credit, he laughed about it, and the first thing he did was just put it on Instagram. Like, he put the text from his colleague and the photo itself, just put it on Instagram to be like, well, it's out there, so you might as well all see it. And a lot of people said it was a nice photo, so, you know. I mean, I'm looking now, and it's like, obviously, I got to see what's going on here. The poor guy. But I am yeah. sorry. I'm sorry that my uh, thirstiness put him in in that position. Well, I don't even know if we would if we need to call it thirstiness. I mean, it's just you're being like kind of cute. Yeah, um, I was cute. I like my guy. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's that's like a fine thing to do if you're. Lover is like, you know, <laughs> to save your lover in your phone book like that. Like, oh, that is really fucking weird. Uh, what? Like, I could see name? even if it was somebody that I directly communicated with, but I'm <laughs> still talk to this person. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, poor Matt. I mean, that is really actually horrifying. Like, I'm glad his friend was cool and it wasn't a lady. Yes, that would have been really just horrible because it that just would have felt creepy even yeah, though. Yeah, and like, I don't even know like how you would even be apologize. able to like, yeah, to like some lady you worked with. But I don't know, guys. You, guys, if anyone out there is is well versed, knows how that could have happened. Hit Casey up. Let her know what you think. Um, that's really weird and really, I, like, really honestly, really funny. <laughs> I mean, I've told you about Emily. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't even put this out there because maybe the my would-be attackers would be would listen to the podcast's research. But you know what I have Emily in my phone under. What? Have we ever talked about this on the podcast? I don't think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so... You guys, you have to understand something. After I started talking... By the way, I love that uh, we have a guest today, Rana, from Move On... Org, who's talking to us about book bans and like what we can all do to show up. And uh, but, um, you know, after I started talking publicly about my abortion, the death threats really increased, they, they rolled in. It's kind of, you know, it's not that I'm gonna just be, let me be real, it's not the chillest experience one can, no. like, one can have, right? Um, and Around that time or like right before there had been a horrific story about a couple, totally unrelated to abortion rights, guys, but like it was about money, a couple that had been held hostage in their home and then um, murdered, like murdered and robbed and murdered. Right. And, but however, 
they had like a whole timeline of what happened. And in the timeline, it was like getting to be like the morning time. And she was like, our housekeeper is going to show up. If you don't, if you don't want another person showing up here, you need to let me to text, you need to let me text her to tell her not to come. Right. And so the horrible people did. Um, and they texted their housekeeper not to show up. Okay. And she didn't. And then later was like, oh my God, I didn't know. Right. Obviously. Right. So anyway, I was very disturbed by all of this. And so I changed Emily's name in my phone to housekeeper. (laughs) That's really smart. So because I thought, and I told, obviously she knows. Yeah. And I was like, if I ever call you and I say, hey, I can't, you don't need to clean my house this week. Or if I ever text you, you don't Call need to. You don't need to. Bad shit is happening. Right. You gotta get. You have to get help. <laughs> right. That's really smart. Well, I mean, it's a little bit like paranoid and a little wild, but also I just was like, why the fuck not? But it is pretty funny sometimes, like. When she because when she calls, it just pops up housekeeper, and you're like, why is the housekeeper calling? Yeah. Yeah. But more than that, like if I'm in my car and someone else is in the car and like they can see it, they're like, yeah. Huh? Isn't that your best friend, Emily? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Uh, it is. And then I have to go through the whole story again. Right. Right. But I don't know, guys, don't, don't tell anyone that wants to murder me this. Okay. Because just guys, let's just (laughs) don't share this information guys. And I'm serious. I swear to God. If I see this picked up anywhere online, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. <laughs> There's really so many go- good things on this podcast that never get put online. So we're exactly. telling you, leave this one lo- offline. Speaking of which, uh, I, was, I got an inquiry from the New York Times uh, because they were like, oh, you know, with the recent spate of... Did I use that word right? Yes. Yeah. With the recent speak of celebrity divorce announcements, um, the style section, we're doing an article about it, blah, 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 like the whatever public announcements. And um, your client, Busy Phillips, never, like, never, and her ex husband, like, never made a public statement. They eschewed it. I was wondering if she would want to get on the phone. And give a quote about it. And I was like, well, that's sort of just, then that, I feel like that defeats the purpose. <laughs> um, yeah, do you want to no, do some I, publicity about your divorce that you didn't hmm, want to publicize? Hmm, interesting. 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 Uh, Let me think about it. Uh, no. But like, it was funny just because I thought, well, First of all, like if that line, how was that not clear that like I did, that we didn't want to really like publicly. Right. And then the other thing was that like, we just wanted to talk about it on the podcast because it involved, it was a more nuanced conversation for us than some like bullshit statement. Right. And that was just how we felt the most comfortable after we had discussed it and whatever. Anyway, it made me, it did make both of us kind of lull last week. And I was like, <laughs> they were hoping you had a change of heart. I mean, the truth is, like, I don't think you need to talk to anyone to know that, like, 90% of the time, those 
like, it's just all bullshit, you know? Right, right. It's not like anyone's going to be like, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are currently not fucking speaking. She <laughs> is real pissed. Yeah, they have kids. She's furious. He broke a dish. Right. Like, whatever. They're, you know, it's not going to be... And by the way, I haven't been following it too closely, but truly uh, Team Sophie. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm on her side. I'm on her side. Anytime anyone's going to, like, vilify a woman because she has a fucking job and is trying, or or going out to dinner with her friends, get the fuck out of here. I'm done with you, Joe Jonas. I'm sorry. Next time I see you at Hugo's in West Hollywood, I'm going to keep walking. Just like I would have before this. But just, I'm like, so that shit seems so crazy. But I just mean that, like, we know that, like, 90% of the time people put these statements out. And even just, like, people that aren't famous doing those, like, declarations. It's like, People do it all the time on social media. And I'm like, oh, you think you have to do this now and you don't. You don't. I have one... Well, I have a couple friends, but one friend in particular, like a social media friend who I don't see in person a real lot, and I have honestly wanted to send her like a bottle of champagne or something because at some point over the past years of the pandemic, whatever, she and her husband got divorced. She started dating a new guy and she never mentioned a fucking thing and she just kept it moving. You know, she just like, she never mentioned a thing. I feel like I'm keeping it moving and like, I'll like drop a line or two in an Instagram caption. Yeah. and then, and then it's just wild to me where people are like, what? They're split Wait, up? What happened? Something. Somebody please like, explain to me what's yeah. going on. Or they're like, I knew it. And it's like, bitch, welcome to 2021. 20, you we know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I mean like it, this is, no, it's but been I mean, like almost three years. It's so like, weird. I just am just like – who cares? Also, why why is everybody fucking up in everybody's business all the time? Who cares? And like the other I ran into a friend of mine who is an actress and has a whatever. It does she's also like has ended her marriage. Yeah. And she was like, I've been wanting to reach out to you, but like I didn't know if you guys were and I couldn't find I did like a quick Google. I couldn't really find anything. And I was like, that is hilarious. You could have totally just reached out to me. Um, and she's like, I love the way that you guys did that. That's so smart. And like, da, 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 da. And I was like, it just, yeah, it just didn't seem like a thing that we needed to make. <laughs> okay. I mean, and then I know, like, I remember seeing some sort of like acquaintance-ish people posting things about like trying to figure out if, people are still together or not. And I felt like back like a couple of years ago yeah. and I felt like it was very pointedly to me sort of. Ugh. Yeah. Sure. And, um, and then that made me like even double down and be like, oh, I'm never, unless you listen to all three hours of this fucking podcast, absolutely, you'll never, you're never gonna fucking know for sure. <laughs> um, that like, is hilarious. Base, 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 Um, I'm packing for a little trip I'm taking. You know what I'm packing in. I know you're packing in your base. 
Always. Always. You guys, listen, whether it's like a two-night trip, which is basically like what I'm doing. I'm just going, it seems extravagant. I agree. I know. But it's just (laughs) a couple nights in Sweden just to see my kid's face. Yeah. Give her a little snuggle. And so you're taking the base overnighter? I am taking the overnighter. It's (laughs) because also, to be honest, I have to check a bag that's all of Birdie's stuff that she left. (laughs) There's not a ton of space for me. And I don't want to check more than one bag because I'm traveling by myself, blah, 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 blah. But the overnighter bag is just the best because I can have a little rolly carry-on and then my little rolly base carry-on and then the overnighter like slides right over the top of it. So it's not like flopping all over when I'm going through the airport. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Guys, you know what I mean. (laughs) It just has everything. So many compartments and I never lose anything in there, which is always something that's so important to me because if I'm losing things in a bag and panicking at the airport, it's not cute. I agree. I agree. I know it isn't because I feel the same about myself. You know, and I love that they have vegan leather details. You know, we're just obsessed. Shay Mitchell, yeah. actress Shay Mitchell. Listen, she came up with it. Real and talk. we're not alone loving it. Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. So No, it's huge. I was a I was in a department store that carries base recently and people were clamoring. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> there were like multiple people like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh." Um, so guys, whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Uh, Base has your personal items covered. And right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. That's basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash best. Oh, Blue Land, do you know what it's worth? Um, Casey, did you know that, um, I can't, these these statistics, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something, guys. Blue Land gives us a couple statistics that make me feel ill. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and I, and it's real and it's like deeply upsetting that we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week. Yeah. And not a usable credit card. So there's no upside to it. No upside. No upside. Because the products that you use every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating, you know, microplastics that we end up ingesting. Anyway, also 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles um, are thrown away each year. Five, I'm sorry, five what? Five billion. Yeah, we have to stop. We got to stop. Also, most cleaning formulas are 90% water which is heavy to ship and causes um, excessive carbon emissions. Right. And a lot of the products have really bad ingredients in them. It's not good for us. It's not good for the planet. It's not good for your kids. It's not good for your pets. Um, And that's where Blue Land comes in because they're on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet. The idea is very simple endlessly refillable cleaning products with a very chic, cohesive design, glass containers that look great on your counter. You fill the bottles with water, drop in the tablets, 
wait for them to dissolve. It's so easy. You're it literally like once you do it, you're like, oh gosh, wow, what have we been doing? <laughs> what have we been doing? Yeah, you and know? the products work really well and they smell great. So there's no compromise on that. And they've got cleaning sprays, hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, which I'm obsessed with. Yes. Laundry tablets, all Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. And I personally, just once I made the switch, I was kind of one of those people that was a little bit um, brainwashed by, you know, advertising from television from when I was a kid. Right. Thinking that like the only thing that would ever work were name brand products or whatever. Right. And turns out that's just not true. Blue Land's products work so well. Yeah, and, and they don't take up a lot of space in your home if you're, exactly. you know, stocking up. And refills start at just $2.25, which is a lot cheaper than buying a fresh bottle of whatever you saw someone on TikTok saying you should buy. And also, like, a lot um, lighter yes. <laughs> to carry because you're not, like, lugging with your groceries and your Target run. Like, you also aren't then additionally having to lug a bunch of heavy bottles filled with mostly water. Anyway, guys, highly recommend Blue Land. We love them. Love them. And Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners right now. Get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash best. You don't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash best for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash best to get 15% off. Go do it. I don't know. I guess I care less about people who I don't know's relationships than most people. Yeah. I care about the people that I know and their relationships and like want to make sure everybody's good and are you happy and are you getting what you need and are they getting what they need and where are you at and how are your kids and all that shit. But like just like people that I like sort of passively know not really friends with. I don't fucking care if they're still married or they're divorced or if they ever got married. I don't know. If it's not somebody that you talk to on a day-to-day basis, how does it affect anything? Because your friendship isn't deep enough to need to talk about those things. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, so we had a friend from college who we were good friends with, but we were also, like, young and living our lives and very busy in our respective cities, and we invited him and his wife to our wedding, and he RSVP'd on the RSVP card. That guy's name will be coming with, crossed out his wife's name, wrote another woman's name, and said, I'll explain when I see you if I have time. And it was just that (laughs) he and his wife had gotten divorced, and he was with someone new, and we just hadn't—it had all happened in, like, three months, you know? And— that's what it was. And we were like, great. It'll be great to see you and whoever you come with, even if it's a new person that's not even written on this RSVP. We don't care. We love you. Yeah. And I think, you know, Carrie Bilek had her big 50th birthday party. I saw. That looked fun. It was so fun. I said, not since my 40th in Cabo. True, truly, has there been such a fucking party for one person? It was I the thought best. of you the other day because I was searching in my phone again, phone technology. But I was always, sh- I'm always shocked that people don't know you can do this. You can just search in your photos for like someone's name, yeah. or but I searched wedding because I was looking for a photo, and your birthday party came up. Perfect. <laughs> That's actually perfect. 
Um, yeah, Carrie's was so fun. But I do, I will, I will just, I will say, Carrie, who obviously knows like everything, like everything that is going on with me and Mark all the, through the past, whatever, 10 years of yeah, like my friendship with her over 10 years. Oh my God, I've been friends with her for over 10 years. She did reach out to me and say, like, hey, do, ha, like, can I, is it weird? It's going to be a big party. Can, is, would, do you want to just have this night on your own without right. Mark there? What, just tell me. I was like, no, 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 it's all good. He, that would be, he would, I think he, <laughs> I think he would like to be invited. I don't think, I think he would be kind of hurt if he wasn't invited because right, he really right. thinks of you as a friend as well. But it's true, you do sort of have like, the primary attachment, you know what I mean, yeah. to a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, it's weird, and maybe this is weird of me because I know people have reacted weirdly in the past, but even when people are still married, sometimes I ask my primary friend to what extent they want me to be friendly with their partner. I totally am in full support of that. Because I'm like, sometimes maybe you don't want me to be BFFs with your husband. Maybe you don't want him to have that line to me to, like, know what the fuck you're doing or talking about or whatever. I totally, I mean, yeah, I totally feel that. So I'm always like. also, like, I do think that there's something healthy about having autonomous relationships even when you're in a partnership or a marriage. Right. Like continuing to have friendships and relationships with people that are like really yours. They're primarily your relationships. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that they're it's like secretive or whatever, like you're trying to keep anything from anyone, but it's more like you're trying to keep something for yourself, you know, that just doesn't belong to your spouse or your whole entire family. And of course I have friends that are like that. And I have, you know, we have couples that we're friends with the couple and like our kids are adults now. So they're even friends with people that we're friends with, you know, but there are some friends that are just like my friends and they're not really in touch with anyone else in the family. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That makes sense to me. There are also, like, there are all kinds of, people have all kinds of attachment styles, right? And, like, one thing that is kind of great about TikTok <laughs> is you know about all these Is that at least we know I... about all the different kinds of attachment styles at this oh point. Did God. I tell you what um, Alan informed me that he thinks my sexuality is? No. Oh, okay. Came out to you about your sexuality? About my sexuality, guys. Oh, no. interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, but he did. He was like, I think, I feel like you might be, because we were talking, I was like, do you know of anyone I could like go out with in New York, blah, 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 blah. He's like, you know what? I kind of feel like you might be busy. I feel like you might be demisexual. Okay. Do you know what that is? I feel like I've heard of it, but please explain so I don't misspeak. Mm-hmm. So demisexual is a person who has no, like, who does not have, like, one of the primary sources of attraction toward another person. So, like, seeing someone and wanting to fuck them. Yeah. Smelling someone and wanting to fuck them. Okay. When you're demisexual, you have to first have a deep emotional bond or friendship with the person before you want to get it on. Okay. And you're like, 
level of being turned on is also kind of dependent on how emotionally connected you feel. Okay. And how did you feel about that? He wasn't being like, he was just being like, you might be, have you ever heard of this expression or this term or this term? Not expression. It has a flag. Um, I feel like it really resonates with me because I've never been a person who can like, no, I feel like it's actually, I'm just going to take it back. It's totally what I am. (laughs) (laughs) It was like one fucking 175,000% what she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's 100% correct. And I've never known that that was actually, like, like I could sort of, I I sort of would have been able to like verbalize it, I guess, if really, like if I got down to it, but I've never, but honestly, I just had never have. I didn't even know it was like sort of a thing. And because like one night stands, like people who can like be, you know, like fuck whoever, like has always been truly mind boggling to me, like in a way that's like, it's not just that I'm like prude, I'm not a prude, but it like honestly feels like terrifying. Like I can't, I can't even imagine it. Like I can't, right. it's not, it's not for her. Like it right. is just, and even like, that's also why I think like being set up feels terrible to me. Right. Like all of those things, because my attraction or like lack of attraction for somebody like really develops over a long period of time. And when I look like historically speaking at all of the like meaningful relationships I've had and people that I've been with, there's been at the beginning before anything else, before anything else happened, right? like a crazy emotional connection, time spent together and like friendship. Right happens first. Which makes sense because that is something that also happens for performers. Like that's the nature of, you know, you sort of, it's not trauma bonding, but there's like intense bonding because you spend so much intense time together. You know, those are the kind of friendships and relationships that performers generally form. Uh Yeah. That's very true. And it's interesting you should say that too because I've also seen you, like I've seen what I would consider, like, really attractive guys pay attention to you in a way that shows interest. And it's always funny no. to me. When? Where? Who? Ever. I'm not going to name names, but I have one really specific time in mind. And you are, like, weirdly oblivious to it in a way where I think it would make a lot of women flustered in my experience or, like, flattered or whatever. You really never evaluate it in that way. You, you're you always like, well, here's why I, would, I don't like that guy. Like, here's, you know, like— Sometimes it's easy to say you don't like the personality of a guy who's not interested in you, but sometimes as soon as he shows some interest, then you're like, oh, I like that part of his personality that he likes mm-hmm. me. But right, I've right. never I've never seen you do that. You're like, oh no. Like that, no, that, that guy so, who cares. No, I swear to God. And this is also why, like, I've said a thing in sense being single, which is unfair, which is that I don't like attractive guys, right. which is like, that's unfair because first of all, Mark is like um, an attractive person. Yeah. I've had attractive boyfriends in the past. Yeah. I mean, like, 
Colin Hanks is like, he's an actor. Like, he, you know, like he's, we dated well, also, when we were in what is attractive? You know what I mean? It's like by College, the nature of the, school, guys. by the nature of the word, it's personal. It's not objective. Attractive I mean, there, means you're- I think you're, there are like, you're, I feel like one of the like Chris's, like the one that's the Amer- Mr. America or whatever. That's like a- that's <laughs> Chris like Evans, a, recently yes, like married Chris Evans. Isn't that like a classically, like wouldn't people say like that's a handsome man? Yes, yes. Like traditional, traditional. Tradish, handsome. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, anyway, the point, my point being that I have like said a thing that I think is not true and unfair to the men that I've dated because the act, because the, the truth is it's not the thing that I find attractive. Right. It's like what I find attractive is more, yeah, it's different right. and it develops after the first, like, after we, I see what they look like. And, like, it, it's not like I'm not, I'm not interested. You're right, because I'm, like, I'm not interested in someone based on what they look like. Right. Even if they're, like, cute and flirting with me, right. that's, doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Right. It has to be, like, yeah, maybe it's just trauma bonding. I don't know. I don't know. But no, anyway, I'm going really. to put it's you, like, I'm going to put you in my phone as Demi more or less. Wait, what? I don't know. Demi Moore I said now I'm going to label you in my phone as Demi more or less. You're more or oh. less Demi. Demi more or less. That's really funny. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> that's really stupid and really funny. Um, um, well, that's that's interesting to know that about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been like noticing things since they said that or have well, you been? I mean... No, it, if anything, it just made me feel sadder. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to cry because I'm like, oh, I really am never going to like, I know all the people I'm going to like, you know what I mean? Which is like, of course we know is not true. Right. But I'm like, oh, there's no one for me. I'm not going to, that's not going to happen. Like I'm not, oh, fuck, shit. Because my, like the guy that I dated for a long time after my divorce, um, was somebody that I was like really like really good friends with for a yeah. while before that, you know, and so and someone I knew for a long time. So it, like that was obviously that's like part of the thing. And like you know, just sitting here thinking about it, like there's not a person that comes into mind, right? <laughs> like, well, like that's like you know what I mean. Not to make this about how I was right, but <laughs> I do feel like we've had a lot of conversations where. I have said to you, why don't you just go out, like, trying to be friends with people? Like, yes, which I think is what I have to do, obviously. Right. But it's it seems like a it's a much bigger undertaking than, like, instantly shebang, feeling like you could be with someone on the first date, and you probably feel like, who has the time or the energy? Right, because also part of the issue is that I'm not in my 30s or 20s, right. and there isn't, like, friend group vibes, you know? Right. Like, there's, like, I have friends. Right. (laughs) And, like, and we can go out to dinner. But it's not, like, like a full friend group where we can all, like, where I'm hanging out with people and there's birthday parties. Like, I I don't know, man. I'm not, like, everybody's, like, people have children that are, like, in school. I don't, you know. Right. It's just... It's just different. It's, it's just different lot. to be this age and have, yeah. like... You're not in school every day with someone. You're no. not, 
like I'm not even fucking working on it. I mean, this is my job, dude. Right. We're not right. meeting a lot of men here. You know what I mean? Well, that's on us, I guess. Kind of. We should, should we get Chris Pine men. up? No, wait. Which one's the one? Which one's the one that I want to date? Chris Pine? I like Chris Evans. The stoner. You pro- I bet you like Chris Pine. Yeah. yeah he's the, the one that Harry Styles spit on. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, I will say. I will say. What? I will say I find Chris Pine attractive. But I don't know he if I got attractive. Into, no, I know. But I don't know if I like got into the same, like if I was like at a dinner with him, if that would, if I would I was going to say, he, knowing you, you would probably know within the first five minutes whether you wanted to keep talking to him. Yeah. And if it was a no for you, I feel like you'd be like, I feel like it would not be outside of the realm of possibility to have you talk to Chris Pine, who you find attractive on just on like an aesthetic level to have you be I like, no, I his vibe, to- but, but see, this is what's yeah. weird too. I guess he, he is definitely like movie star attractive, Yeah, but like, I find his vibe attractive. Like right, I'm into his right. vibe. What you know of his vibe. If what you ever what met I see his, of his vibe, yeah. what I've like seen from a distance of his vibe, I'm like, that vibe is cool. I'm into the right. vibe. But if you but met him for five minutes and his vibe wasn't like it seemed, I, I would 100% not be shocked to have you be like, no, yeah, he's not for me. Not. Yeah. yeah, No, me neither, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Instead of being like, I'm going to try to make this work because he's so gorgeous and seems great. Or like, I just want to, or like, I should just fuck him. I could right. never. You could never would. Never. Could Aww. never. I that's know. good to that's good to know. That's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Um but oh god. <laughs> but it's hard. That's yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's been Sunday was a month since Kate passed away and so fucking weird. It's just so weird. My therapist said this really amazing thing where she was like, busy. (laughs) Just go easy on yourself. (laughs) Like, what do you, and it isn't my strong suit going easy on myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I should be doing this. I can't believe I haven't even started writing my screenplay. <laughs> like when I say it out loud right now, it sounds so stupid because I'm like, obviously. <laughs> barely you know what therapists any- from the 1980s would say, don't shit on yourself. Don't shut on yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, yeah, but I. Busy, do I you know, think I- you're not the only, you think you're the only person who didn't hear that the strike was over and was like, oh shit, I have to start that screenplay I said I was going to write every day the entire time of this thing. Every single writer, every single no, writer. No, I know. And I hate, like, remember I got so, like, I was so, I was like not a fan of people that were super productive during, creatively during the f- first COVID lockdown. Like right. I was like. You know, I, I know, I, I know, I know. What are you supposed to do? You know, I mean, are you gonna just crash through it and write something not feeling it? Or are you gonna like wait for the moment, you know? And listen, I'm all for being 
gentle on yourself, but I'm also about being accountable to yourself because sometimes I think we can be so gentle that if we're not careful, we wind up never accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish. And that is not being easy on yourself in another way because you're not giving yourself the things that in your heart you want, you know? So, but it's about like finding a balance and like finding the moment and running when you feel the moment, you know? So like, I want you to write that screenplay, but I agree. You also have to be gentle on yourself And, like, you also have to take into consideration that a new layer and a new lens has been added to that great idea that you had, which is that it has to do with this friend that you lost. You know, same with me. Like, I'm working on this thing, and it has to do with my family, and it has been scary to touch because to touch it is to, like, put down on paper some things that I haven't even, like— all the way dealt with yet. And then, you know, to lose my mom adds another layer, another lens to it. And so, you know, it's it's not easy. I want you to do it. And I believe you will do it. I think I will too. And for the record, I want you to do it. I think I will too, but it really has just been like, a time yeah, of like it's been a time yeah you know and i still every time i think of it i just think of it like recovering from a stomach bug where you're like i am not ready to eat that yet mm, and that's i will such be such a good um metaphor or whatever yeah it's a metaphor yeah it's real that's really good that <sighs> makes a lot of sense to me actually to put it in that to put it in that way you will be, but just yeah. not today. Because I also like, you know, was feeling like, fuck, I really want, like, I want to, now I want to date too. And like, that was, I was just being really fucking impatient and hard on myself this past few days, like, about everything. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing enough to move forward, to do this, to do that. And it's like... Okay, so the first part of this year, calendar year, was really dealing with this, like, heartbreak from the relationship I was in after Mark, you know? And then that, like, moved into this other place where my friend was so sick Mm -hmm. and... And that became like that and Birdie going to school, like preparing for both of those things and the strike and like people being out of work and Mark being nervous and scared about his job and life. and, And then, you know, dropping Birdie at school and then losing Kate like in a week is was a lot, like, and that was just whatever, four weeks ago. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense that I haven't um, found, bonded, (laughs) started a relationship, (laughs) and written a screenplay, and um, thought about a television show, and, like, fuck me. It's just, like, ugh. 
Sometimes I... I don't know. Um, these things are all really fraught. You know what I mean? Because to even pursue any of these things is to pursue risk. You right. Know? Of course. To, yeah, of course. Like you're asking for risk. You're inviting the possibility of rejection and disappointment into your life. And it's mm-hmm. like, you've had a lot of fucking disappointment, you know? So maybe you oh are Oh, my God, full. a lot of rejection. Let's be real. Yeah. And so maybe you're full for now. And so maybe the possibility of, like, even embarking on something that you'll have to fall in love with it and you'll have to envision it coming true to even be able to do the work— and then at that point, to invite risk into your life sometimes is hard. And I think that's what keeps us sometimes from doing the things that we know in our hearts we want to do. And does that mean we shouldn't do them? No, obviously not. Obviously not. We can't allow ourselves to be ruled by the fear of what could happen, you know? But does it mean that sometimes you have to, like, just work up to it? Until you're ready to eat that, yeah, sometimes it does. Well, saltines for me. <laughs> Strict saltines. <laughs> Just for, for a now. little bit longer, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know I'm going to Sweden. I know you're going. Wait, so very you know soon. that I like in some sort of illness, COVID, like grief, fugue state. Like at four in the morning, booked a ticket to Sweden. Like a couple, <laughs> like whenever I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, um, because I just was like having all of these like, just I mean almost like hallucinations or whatever of like Birdie as a baby and like just, I don't know. I was just like going Aww. through it, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just gonna go for the weekend to Sweden. And now when I say it out loud, it sounds so absolutely ludicrous. I'm like, I'm flying to Sweden for the weekend, but. Yeah. I am flying to Sweden for the weekend <laughs> because That's great. you know what? She only has the weekend off school. I don't need to fucking hang out there, right. uh, you know, if I'm not with her. Yeah. So I'm going Thursday. I land early Friday morning. We got, I were like excusing her from the day of school because the only thing that she had was like a, thing on Thursday, like a big thing was due on, is due on Thursday. So she doesn't have much on Friday anyway. So I'm going to pick her up. We have to go pick up her like visa that's at the office or whatever, Okay, <laughs> wherever that is. Yeah, Like she has, it's not, and then also it's not a visa. It's something else. I don't, can't remember what it's called. Okay. Um, but whatever, there's a, there's a thing that she Some needs for her passport. Document. It's an official document that she needs for her passport that is like ready to be picked up that this is just going to be the easiest version that I'm going to get it with her, like go with her and get it. And then we're just going to hang out for the weekend and I don't know what we're going to do. I asked her if she wanted to like go to get a facial or go to a spa. She's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) sure. So I don't know. We'll probably just like hang out in the hotel and like watch YouTube videos and stuff. But okay, sounds fun to me. All right. Maybe go out to dinner. That seems fun. Maybe. You'll meet a Chris Pine. Maybe Chris Pine will be staying in my hotel. Last time I was there, I'm not going to lie, Donald Glover was there, guys. I'm just going to say, you know what I mean? 
So I'm no Donald is married and happy. No, I know not but that, it, I wasn't saying that like you were trying to hook up with I, Donald Glover. No, I was saying more so that like anything is any celebrity anything is, is possible. possible. You any, never know who's yeah. going to pop up and see, exciting people all, stay at that hospital. Like, did I say hospital hotel? Yeah, let's not let's not say that. <laughs> um, <gasps> well, that sounds fun. Should we talk to our guest Rana Epting from Move On? Rana Epting from Move On. Let's talk about some book bands. Kitsch. You've heard us talk about kitsch. We love kitsch. Guess what? You've heard us talk about kitsch before. They have like incredible hair care, skin care, self-care products, self-care products, affordable, literally started by a woman going door to door selling hair ties. <laughs> that were, <laughs> truly. They've got yes. the heatless satin curling rollers. They've got the satin, the kitsch satin pillowcases, the eye masks, the um, hair caps. Um, they do a lot of cool collabs. Yes. You know? Yes. Okay. And so they do have the Barbie by Kitsch collection, which Birdie has already requested that I bring to Sweden. <laughs> But you know what else they did? They did like a like they did a Harry Potter one too. That's super cute, and it's like just the owl and like stars, and it's just cute. And Cricket's oh, nice. been I've been having Cricket sleep on it, and it's really helped the curly hair with the knots and not looking so frizztastic in the morning. I love it. Anything that can make your life easier in the morning, especially with long hair. Yeah, you got to do it. And it's so reasonable. I sleep on a kitsch pillowcase too, not because I have particularly curly hair, it's wavy, but because I bleach the shit out of my hair and it's very fragile. So anything that keeps my hair from breaking off like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, yeah, perfect. Listen, listen guys, Casey, what Casey is saying is so true. Those those satin pillowcases, whether it's like wrinkles are your concern, um, you know, your hair is sensitive, you've got curly hair, you get a, a blowout that want, you want it to last a couple days. Right. Like the secret is satin pillowcases. Um, I just love Kitsch. I love their products. I love their hair scrunchies. Um, I kind of just like use it all. Also, their shampoo the, bars. Too. Yeah, I was gonna say I love the shampoo bars, and I also do love the shampoo bars for travel. Yes, because it's just like I don't ever have to worry about stuff spilling. Right, <laughs> right. In my suitcase, which is amazing. Or being accused of trying to transport too many liquids. Guys, exactly. Um, right now, Kitsch is offering you thirty percent off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash bass. That's right, thirty percent off anything and everything at mykitsch. K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash best. One more time for the people in the back. MyKitch.com slash best for 30% off your order. June shine. June shine. June shine. Okay, here's the deal. June Shine now makes canned cocktails, guys. We're talking margaritas, vodka sodas, rum cocktails made with 
premium ingredients that taste amazing, have no added sugar. Let me say it again. They have no added sugar. Most canned cocktails do have added sugar, so that's why I've been reluctant to try them. But June Shine, thank you. I feel like these are made just for me. I feel like they're made for me, Casey. So do you want to fight about it? But (laughs) we can share. (laughs) Listen, it's very light and refreshing. It's easy when you're like, oh, I'd like a cocktail, but I don't want to spend the time like doing all the work to make one. You know what I mean? Just a little at-home happy hour moment made easy by June Shine. They're just insanely delicious and made with only real premium ingredients. Unlike a lot of alcoholic beverages, June Shine (laughs) is very transparent about every ingredient that they put in their products, which I am a fan of. We appreciate it. They have a margarita pack, guys, four different flavors, spicy, mango, tropical, and lime all made with high-quality tequila. There's um, passion fruit vodka soda and a classic vodka mule, which is delicious. Um, Plus, they have an all-new vodka soda variety pack that has four brand-new flavors. Come on. And they've got Mai Tais. I'm excited about... I want to get a four-pack of Mai Tais to keep summer going for a little while longer. You could do that. You could do that. (laughs) I believe in you. And if you can't choose and you just are like having people over or whatever, or you want to have them on hand in case like people do come over and you don't know what people want to drink and you don't have to have like giant bottles of alcohol that you don't drink. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, I no don't full need to bar buy. needed. No, they have a mixed pack and you can just keep them. And then somebody shows up and you're like, oh, great. I can make you a, I can make you a mule. Sure. <laughs> I got you. I'm a, I'm a, I got a Mai Tai for you coming right up. <laughs> okay, so the leading canned cocktail is a margarita with 27 grams of sugar, and there's no nutritional facts on the packaging. And not only do we think you don't really need 27 grams of sugar to make a delicious margarita, I know you don't. Right. Um, June Shine made one with just six grams of sugar, which is all from the real ingredients that they use, like orange and lime juices. Um, and that's why it tastes the best with zero <laughs> added sugar. Uh, guys, June Shine can be found in over 10,000 stores across the country. It's available at all the retailers you're already visiting for groceries and alcohol and other things. <laughs> like Whole Foods and Target, Ralph's, Vaughn's, Albertson's, Kroger, Wegmans, Total Wine, BevMo, Safeway, and more. But listen, we've worked out a special offer for our listeners. At any store, you can buy one June Shine package and get the second for only a penny. What? That's amazing. It's amazing. It's like a $12 to $20 savings in value. We recommend trying their best-selling variety packs. It's a great way to try all of the flavors and, like we said, stock up the cabinets for visitors. (laughs) Go to juneshine.com slash busy, and then you text them a photo of your receipt, and they will Venmo you immediately. What? It's that easy. That's juneshine, J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E dot com slash busy. So guys, we're just very lucky today to be Joined by Rana Epting from moveon.org. Um, because I feel like 
there's a lot of things <laughs> currently happening in this country that could use um, our attention and our motivation and activation to help with. And one of them is this banned book situation, which is, I mean, to me, like so many of these things, such a such a distraction, such an actual, just a distraction, trying yeah. to get people like whipped up about a thing in order to distract them from the real nightmarish things that these politicians are doing. Although not to, not to underplay the banning of the books because, you know. Yeah, that's a nightmare too. It's a nightmare. I mean, once you start limiting what people have available to them in terms of what they can read and what they can know about, well, guys, it's not that's, good. That's fascism. That's fascism. Uh, <laughs> Rana, you are going to talk to us a little bit about artists against book bans, and um, and there's like a banned bookmobile tour. Yes, we have a lot of exciting things going on. So, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, so, I'll first I'll talk about the bookmobile tour, if that's cool. I mean, yeah, that sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this started a few months ago. Well, first of all, I'll say the Republicans have been losing their minds for a while now. And we've seen book bans just skyrocket all throughout this country. I think they started this last year or maybe a couple years ago, along with all of their efforts to politicize our schools, basically, and right. education and what we're teaching our kids. And I think for a long time, I don't know how you guys were relating to it, but I was just stunned. <laughs> They're actually banning books? What? And so... Well, I felt like I didn't... I was sort of like... Yeah, I think I was stunned, but I also thought like, well, surely this won't go very far. Right. And surely this kept... won't... It, it'll just be like... They're saying it's rhetoric, like so much of it, but yeah. it's not actually going to happen. Yeah, no. And now no. it has. I mean, and it has. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida is like the book ban king. I think he has like over 500 books in the state of Florida have been banned. I mean, Yeah, well, li friends of the pod know, people, list, our listeners, that my dear friend Abdi Nazemian um, has a, a YA book that was banned in Florida and in Texas, Texas? and a few yeah. other places. And... My had friend, Alan Katz, intense. who who was one of my fellow writers on the Rosie O'Donnell show, has a book that's been out for years, Take Me Out of the Bathtub. It's like uh, little parody songs. That's been banned in Katy, Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's about taking a bath. Yeah, like it's bath, a, baths are bad. Baths it's are about bad. like I've been in the bath too long. I don't I don't know what the basis of the that banning would even be. I guess I don't even. I'm, I'm not a, even going to bother. Maybe the, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, disrespectful, or uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, my favorite book as a kid, "A Light in the Attic" by Shel Silverstein. That's banned. Wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, so I guess the point the bluest is, eye is the bluest eye banned yes. by Toni Morrison. Yes, Catcher sure. in the Rye, Fahrenheit 451. A lot of just books that were actually required reading for. I was going to say I had right. required. Bluest Eye was, like, required senior year yeah. of high school, my public high school. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess the point is it's happening everywhere. Um, and it's usually, I think, no, 100% led by folks within the Republican Party. 
um, that are banning these books, sometimes against the will of parents and educators um, in that area. And Move On members just, you know, are millions of folks across the country, just regular people who are on our email list, and they had enough. And we tested this concept of what if we created a banned bookmobile and took it across the country and hand out banned books to people, and it just caught fire. Our, our folks were super excited about it. They donated hundreds of thousands of dollars. We got a, a van, and we slapped some bookmobile stuff on it, and we ordered tons and tons of books, and we went we went to 14 states in or earlier this summer, and we're going out to more states in October during Banned Book Week. And I'll say, I've been doing organizing for a really long time, especially during the Trump years, and this is the most hopeful resistance-type tactic I've ever seen. Like parents, teachers, kids, librarians, bookstore owners, just swaths of people in every community that we've stopped have come so excited Thank you for doing this. I can't believe the Republicans are up to this. I, I've started to lose hope, and I saw the banned bookmobile come through my town, and I got super excited, and I had to come. Um, and so it's just a celebration of all of these different perspectives that, that we're taking across the country, and we're trying to shed light on what Republicans are trying to do in this country, which is to ban books, and none of us, and the vast majority of Americans are against this. And Rana, I'd love to talk a little bit about how we even got here, because it seems to me like a thing that Busy and I talk about all the time is like people tend to focus on presidential elections, big elections, and they get frustrated when things don't change quickly enough. And we're always trying to beat the drum for, you know, you really have to pay attention to all elections, your local elections. And so this is happening because Republicans have had a really successful grassroots local election movement, and they're putting people on school boards who are able to make these determinations correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think where we were all so excited, we won at the federal level and we booted Donald Trump out of office and Democrats had the Senate and the House and the White House who were starting to focus on what what bills can we pass that actually help people. Republicans were evilly, (laughs) evil, evilly wicked and smart and said, okay, well, we're going to contest for power at the local level before we could get a handle of it. I mean, there's a lot of great organizations doing work at the local level. Run for Something is one of them, and they recruit and run candidates at local office. But, I mean, they just got this, Republicans just got this head start and took over and created, they were able to manufacture these conspiracy theories that really ginned up their base and got them upset about things. And like you said, Busy, created a distraction born out of conspiracy theories and politicized schools and teachers and librarians. I mean, could you even, two years ago, could you imagine that was ever going to happen? I can't. So, As if teachers yeah. weren't already dealing with enough, with enough, like, between oh COVID and being seriously underpaid. Now we're in a position where, like, our teachers, like, sometimes their lives are being threatened yeah. because they're, like, going against some perceived belief system that... It's insane. It's insane. And then we wonder why good people don't want to be teachers. I know. And we have a shortage as it is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems a little bit, I mean, to me, uh, so much of what 
has been happening in, in these states has been against the will of the majority of people who live in the states. And I do know that I have heard from some people, like, especially, you know, because I do obviously a lot of work around the abortion space and access. I do sometimes occasionally, I'm just going to say it, guys, I do sometimes hear from people, people that surprise me. Oh, well, that's what they got for living in that state. I know. You know what I, I mean? Or some too. version of that, like right. where it's like a little bit like, well, shrug emoji, I don't live there. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, not only is that just deeply. It's gross, un- guys. Unempathetic and gross. <laughs> um, but specific to the book banning, I mean, education on the whole in our country should be everyone's concern because you want people to have access to information and you want especially kids to be able to know things. And you want the people who are voting and that you live among in your communities to be educated and understand different perspectives and that not all... Life is not lived just in my image alone. And right. this is exactly what they're taking away from us is our ability to understand one another and to to thrive together despite our differences, actually embracing our differences. I mean, actually they're banning books right. about race, about gender, um, about, I don't know, bathing. <laughs> but like... <laughs> right. But I mean, actually, the more serious point, they're, they're, they're banning books that are really about telling stories about different perspectives of people in this world. And there's so many, like, I just think about the books I read when I was younger, like The Color Purple. You know, I had no idea life was like this for some people, you know, and how it opened my eyes and made me a better human and a better able to understand differences. And I, that's what they're taking away from us. Right. And you can already, I mean, Busy and I have talked about this. I feel like we're already seeing the effects of that sort of insular view and isolation of not understanding how someone who lives differently from you, someone from a different culture, someone from another place, Mm -hmm. how they live. I think we're already seeing it where people... You know, well, because we're all online, we see it all the time. Someone makes a comment and, you know, you're just like, oh, it is so obvious that you have never met anyone yeah. or known about anyone who wasn't like you, who, was, who wasn't anything like you. It's really scary. It's really scary. And then I love a good conspiracy theory. So, I mean, I think my conspiracy theory is... They're trying to harm education, public education, so that they can then say public education is failing, not worth spending money on. They'll privatize education, and then it just becomes another business, and then they're just going to train everyone to be workers and to work for their other businesses when they eventually leave the education system that has been privatized. Does that sound plausible? I I don't think that's a conspiracy theory at all. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. Republicans have been against public education for as long as I've been alive. So this is a a great formula for doing it. But I will say as, as as, as depressing as all this is, I am massively hopeful and Okay, this is what I this is Ron, this is like yes. actually exactly why I wanted you to come on the podcast because <laughs> because I got to tell you something. I've not been hopeful. <laughs> I've not been I've yeah. lost I've lost it. 
And so here you are. Tell us why we're going to be hopeful. <laughs> I have a lot of reasons. Look, okay. there, there, there are two sides of every coin, but the, the hopeful side of this coin is the vast majority of people in this country are not for book bans. They think it's okay. absurd. And the vast majority of people in this country support librarians and educators, and they trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when also, I— Also, by the way, guys, yeah. like, try getting your kids to read any fucking book. I know. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's part of what's so ludicrous about this conversation. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, any book my kid wants to read, I'm like, great, read it, read it. Like, yeah. it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like, they're acting as though, like— I don't know. It's insane. It's truly insane. But it also yeah. just doesn't make any sense because kids with access to things like I I think that I was like the product of benign neglect, you know? I was left to read whatever I wanted. And a lot of it was like my dad's Stephen King novels that he left like lying around the house. I read Also my, you try my, to keep something away from kids and they just want to read it more. Yeah. I mean, the book, the yeah. books that, the books that are banned are the books that we should read. And and so the other, but the other hopeful thing is like they are, the Republicans are overreaching on all of this. Right. They're banning abortion. They're banning books. Yeah. They're whipping up conspiracy theories around COVID. I mean, it's just it's they're they've they're completely out of touch with the typical person in this country, and they're losing elections because of it. They may have garnered a lot of power at the local level. But federally, they lost in 2018. They lost in 2020. They lost in 22. They were supposed to gain all these House seats, and they narrowly gained the House. And we kept, and Democrats kept the Senate. And then look at local races that we've seen, race after race, especially where abortion is on the ballot. Like, yes, they have not gotten the memo that this stuff is not popular, and they keep doing it. We saw Republican state legislators in Missouri this week literally ban, uh, burn books. They had like a burn book banning or sorry, oh my God. a banned, a banned book, book burning. burning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're just talking to this small base, which unfortunately has gotten a hold of the Republican Party. Right. But it's not popular and this can't last. And I think it's the dying gasp of a desperate minority um, and I really think we can win back power. Well, the, and the I main wanted, thing is apathy. The main thing is people that's, feel okay. like it's too much. It's too much. Anna, it is a lot. <laughs> this is what I was going to say. Like part of what I feel like is a piece of all of it is that while the Republicans, these extreme bans and uh, on rights, uh, trans rights, abortion rights, um, book bans are, you know, sort of kowtowing to a small amount of people. The thing that I feel like is worth all of us looking at and remembering is that they're real loud. And yeah. they're, and we're, and to be honest with you, <laughs> a lot of the rest of us aren't. Yeah, like we're too nice. And, and the truth is like, this is like a perfect example of like, we're in a media um, hellscape in this country. This is like a, like a true, it is a true, like ripped from an HBO drama 
that makes you like roll your eyes and you hate watching, but you keep tuning in every week. Um, like view of what a media is and they go to whatever the squeakiest, loudest wheel is. That's just the truth. They just do. And they just declare that that's the thing. And it's been really frustrating working in some of these spaces, especially like the abortion space for so long where it was like, no one wanted to talk. No one wanted to be loud. Um, And the other side, this, even though it was like, you know, the minority of people were just super loud, really aggressive, very scary in their rhetoric. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the book banning too. They're scary in their rhetoric. Yeah. Like the things that DeSantis says are terrifying. And I do just want people to remember and mobilize and realize that like, be fucking loud, dude. Be loud because the truth is everyone's on your side. Like, and the those tiny that tiny amount of people that aren't, so what? Fucking block them. Block them on yeah. Facebook. Block them on Instagram. Like, Twitter, whatever. Like, just, we need more people to be loud about this stuff. Wouldn't you say? I totally agree. And I think the most challenging part of that is being the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, listen, guys, I had to first, get on stage. I had to get yeah. on stage at the Global Citizen thing just now, like just this past weekend. And now, you know, obviously I've talked about my abortion f- publicly for years now at this point, but it's like in front of like 35,000 people and Live. then like millions of people watching, streaming and just say, when I was 15, I had an abortion. Without bodily autonomy, there's no equality. Guys, we got to do this. Yeah, It's not, you know... It's I have no easy. idea. It's not easy. It's not like the thing that what I've, I'm like, you know what I would love to do today? <laughs> we'll talk you know about my else? abortion. <laughs> you know what else too busy is, and, and Rana, tell me if I'm off base here, but I think that they're really crafty doing things around education, books for children, even Drag Queen Story Hour, because that really is hitting parents. And not everyone's a parent, so automatically, like, the people that are being affected by this is smaller because people without children may maybe aren't paying so much attention to this. But then they hit you where you are most protective. Every parent is deathly afraid that something bad is going to happen to their kids. So whether it's that they're getting you to think like, oh, maybe this well-vetted teacher is not appropriate to be teaching my kid, or like, maybe this book is harmful. Not just that, but also like they're being scary. They're showing up in militarized dress and protesting loudly, as you said, busy. And it's fucking scary if you're trying to walk your kid into a library drag queen story hour to see a bunch of like thugs in paramilitary gear patrolling and being so I feel like it's so crafty because it's like one of those things where you might just be like you know what this is what I believe I think this is wrong but I am actually gonna just stay home today because I don't want to put my kid in that position or whatever right so it's really it's fucking clever and disgusting I don't disagree with that I also think they're exploiting our ignorance I think, especially on the around the trans and drag, uh, drag, ha- drag story hour issues. I think f- the life of trans people in this country is probably the least 
explored and understood of all the folks that are marginalized. I mean, I don't want to put people in order of priority, but I do think that is uh, an area that most people don't fully understand. And so if you don't fully understand the life of a trans person, then you're more likely to otherize them. And they weaponize that so well. And that's exactly what's in the books that they're banning. They don't want people to understand what it's like to grow up trans and live in this world that way. They don't want to humanize that. And so instead they're exploiting our ignorance, pitting us against one another. When I, I actually think some of these Like even my, I live in a very progressive county. We have had protests in my county of parents that don't want, that want an opt-out for LGBTQ um, books at at our public schools. And I, and I, I really think, you know, I have a hard time believing that those folks don't want our children to be safe. I feel like it is very exploitive around the ignorance of different people's lives. And it's right. super frustrating. It's fear. They fell prey yeah. to like fear of something that they heard or something that they imagine that if they did have access to say these books that are being banned, or if, you know, if they, if they cared to look into it would mm-hmm. be that, that fear would be instantly allayed, I would think. Yeah. So it is super important <laughs> yes. amidst all of this. It's like, what can you do about it? That's right. Um, I have thought about going to those drag story hours myself and protesting back. I'm not sure that's how you win. I think the way we win is celebrating what's in these books. And yes. and if from a joyous place, from a place mm-hmm. of pride, um, continuing to create spaces where we continue to educate one another about what's about the contents that they're trying to ban. I think that is super important, reminding people there's nothing to be afraid of here and that we're going to celebrate it and creating a space for people to come together. And then I also just want to mention, you know, Busy, you were part of 175 authors, actors, musicians, directors, songwriters, other artists that signed an open letter against book bans. That's super important because the more people come out about this and get loud in whatever ways they can, we are creating permission for other people to join us and say, okay, I did agree. I didn't know there were people out here that also agreed with me that this is all bananas. <laughs> and this is not how how our society needs to be. Um, so, so for that, I'm hopeful and I'm really grateful for, for all the artists that have come out and, and really talked about this and used their platform to talk about it. And so what can, like, people who are listening, our listeners get very motivated. They love to they love to activate and do things and help. So what can, like, what's the best, what's the best way that somebody listening who maybe lives in a place where books are not being banned? Yeah. Well, can, how, how can they show up? How can they help? First of all, if you think you live in a place where books are not being banned, you very well might be wrong. Um, mm. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, we don't have active bans in my county, but we have people that are advocating for them. So I think it's super important to get involved in your local school, school board meetings. Go to those meetings. Um, go with a friend. Even if you're not a parent, go to those meetings. They're public. They advertise them. Because you know who is going to those meetings? The mm-hmm. people that are advocating for book pans. And you know who's not? The rest of us. Because we're off right. having a nice time with our family <laughs> and not being weird. <laughs> and not um, the, being weird. <laughs> not being weird. The other thing people can do, they can go to moveon.org slash 
book, uh, band bookmobile and they can follow where our band bookmobile is going. We're going to be going to South Carolina, Georgia, and Virginia next. We'll be on the road with Pod Save America and Crooked Media doing some podcasts. Um, so, you know, we're continuing to go out there. We, if you're in those areas, join us and you can sign up on that site to get invited. That's so great. I love that. Okay. Yeah. And also, guys, you just got to like... I know, I know. We're all tired. I know. I'm tired. But the holidays just, are coming. Buy some banned books for the kids in your lives. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that. That is, that is a freaking great idea. <laughs> I think that's just, a great idea too, Casey. Buy them for yourself too. Because yeah, maybe we start wanted, a banned book club. Band book club, band book fair. We, we've talked about, Busy and I, our fantasy is to hold an adult book fair. So maybe we can have an adult band book fair. That would um, be fun. I just think you look into these books because you want to know what they don't want you to know, right? Yeah. Like it's, there's never been a better advertisement for every single book that's been banned. Yeah, like, I'll say some of them. So we said The Bluest Eye. The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman, that incredible poet who gave a speech at um, Joe Biden's inauguration. inauguration. I Am Jazz, Mouse by Art Spiegelman, Out of Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez, The 1619 Project, like all of these and more. It'd be easier to have a list of not banned books, I feel like, at this point, (laughs) because they have a problem with literally everything. And what is that book that's not banned? The Bible should probably the Bible has some pretty well, there spicy are, stuff in there it. There are some places, there are some people that have been uh like, you know, like more liberal people who have gone then to their school boards and said, well, you have to this is a book that has, yeah, like very inappropriate. Very inappropriate things. You need <laughs> yes. to ban this book yeah. from your and they like people have done that. I mean, I Yes, but like I don't want to like try to tr- try to beat them at their own game. Right, I want to like right. just have the game be over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just am I'm done with the fucking game of what this is. Yeah. Um because they're using not just our lives but like the, the the future of our country and their little lives and as like they're weaponizing yeah. kids and what they're able to learn and Dude, it's not it's not headed to a great place is what no. I'm going to say. And you want your kids to be able to think for themselves because these people are playing a long game that is going to affect your kids in the future. You want your kids to be able to have their own ideas about right and wrong. And also all these motherfuckers, I mean, have they been on TikTok? Have they been on Discord? Do they know what their children are watching on YouTube? <laughs> have they sat with their kids and watched their favorite YouTube or Discord game streamers and heard what they they have to say because I well, bet no, you they that's how it. you know they're full of shit. They're full of shit. Like it's just, I mean, obviously, like everyone, we all know the the hypocrisy, right? Is mm-hmm. is rife, <laughs> but just, oh god, makes me so Wait. insanely angry. But I'm yeah. gonna try to have hope. Rana. You gotta have, I mean, what other way is there? Ron, if there. Rana's hopeful, I'm hopeful. <laughs> and she you know, gave cause, us. Cause also, cause Rana, like, this is your job. Like, you I know. do this. Well, so you're really I mean, faced with it. To be honest, it is, I have days where I'm like, I don't know, guys. 
Yeah, but, I but get the it. The point is, like, what other way is there to live but to continue to do what, do your part and do what you can to make this place something that we all deserve? And I can't do that without continuing to tap into hope. Um, it's a miserable existence if you're if you're only in apathy, you know? And so yeah. it is a choice that you make every day when you wake up. How am I going to live this? How am I going to do this? And, and, you know, I think just getting out there and, and talking to, to folks that come out through this tour has been re-inspiring for me. I mean, you have bookstore owners that we've, we've seen in North Carolina and, you know, in Illinois and, and they have like whole banned book sections and they're selling these and, you know, when we go, we like buy out all their banned books and we hand them out to folks and it's, it's rem- it's a remarkable reminder that we do have people that want to build a community for everyone, um, but we're just really spread out. And so finding those moments where we can come together is, it's like church in a way. <laughs> well, we need a third space, guys. May as well yeah. be the banned book mobile. Yeah. <laughs> library. <laughs> Come on, come on in. Come it's, on down. It's warm. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Everybody look out for the band Bookmobile in your town. Please go visit it. Uh, and if it's not coming near you, that's okay. You can still participate by making contribution. And that's so great. You've made me feel more help, uh, hopeful today, Rana. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And thanks for having me because it, it, it warms my heart to know that there are folks that just want to have the conversation that have a platform and are leveraging it for good. Listen, I'm sometimes motivated by anger. <laughs> but the but the thing that sustains is the hope that it can change and it can be better. And apathy is where everyone loses. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So it's just not an option, I think. Yeah. And we just have to keep beating them in elections. Yes. I'm ready yeah. for it. But it's over like showing and over up. Again. <laughs> but it's about it's like showing up, being loud consistently, mm-hmm. you know? And being loud. And also that thing you said about like showing up at those at those school board meetings, at like, you know, even city council meetings, like all of those things are super important because the the real extremist sides motivate and and coordinate and they do they do show up. Yeah. Now they're the minority. But they, like, make the time and the space to show up. So, like, we have to also now show up. It's not, you can't just, you can't, we can't not. And one thing I'd like to add, I feel like our side, I think they get people to show up and they get people to show up feeling hysterical, to be honest. They're very loud, as you said, busy. I think on our side, we do a lot of telling people, calm down, it's not that bad, it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like you've said a million times, busy, we're juggling a lot of things, but it's pretty fucking serious when they're taking books out of schools. So it's worth getting passionate about, whether you have and firing kids. librarians. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not saying, like, lose your mind. I'm not saying show up somewhere unhinged. I'm saying, like, go there with the passion and the anger that it deserves, that it warrants. Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop telling each other to calm down about everything because right. like the time has passed. It's time that to, time has passed. To be less calm about, yeah. about some of these boundaries that they're pushing. And if there's a man in your life that tells you to calm down, tell him he can stay the fuck home. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I also I also remember there's some like glimmers of hope way beyond just like advocacy. Like we have in Illinois and California, both those governors signed bans against book ban laws recently. So you can't even ban books in Illinois and in California for racial content or LGBTQ content. And then I think this also happened in Hoboken, New Jersey. They declared themselves a moratorium against banned books. So I just think like legislators can do stuff. You we can, can push can them to do on the stuff. Other direct- yeah. yeah, on the other side. Yeah. Well, that's good to know too. Yeah. Good to keep that in there. Ask your local officials when they're running for office what their plans are. Yeah. To help Ask ensure. them now before it Ask becomes an now. issue. Yeah. Put that ban in place now. Put the yeah, ban exactly. against book bans in place now, just in case anyone gets any big ideas. I think that's really ideas. smart, actually. I think it's yeah. incredibly smart. It's like a safe haven for books. Yeah. Yeah, and there are laws already written up. They can just take a look at the Illinois-California laws and create their version for their state. And Okay, so guys, see, yeah. look, we've got things we can do. We can be hopeful in that way, too. <laughs> um, well, Rana, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I'll see you out on the tour. Have a yeah. great day. Yeah, be safe driving that bookmobile. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll honk the horn for you both. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> well, this is where I go. Carry you my <laughs> on my feet. Carry you my, you are neat. <laughs> that Carry might be, that's the best one in a long time. Sustainable <laughs> sneaker company, sneaker company. You're welcome. <gasps> Guys, you're welcome. Carry you my, are very comfortable, cozy shoes. We love them. This episode is brought to you by Karyuma. Thank you, Karyuma. They're the cool, sustainable I sneaker mean, listen, company with old school style. Listen, I'm going to say it. I'm glad that they're uh, advertising on our podcast and we can tell you guys about them. But I'm also just glad that they sent me a pair of shoes because I love them <laughs> and I wear them all the time. Do you know what I mean? So yes. like, it's a, it's like, I'm thrilled that I get to tell you guys that it's like, they look like kind of like skate shoes, like old school skate shoes yeah. that I used to wear when I was in high school. Right. Every, everything old is new again. I'm just going to say it. I like them so much. Got more for myself and then also uh-huh. have given them to friends for gifts because I like them so much. Wait, so that's like same. a huge endorsement I gave a pair to Sarah Bareilles. She <laughs> loves She wears them all the time, guys. Yes. Like, all the time. Um, Kirsten has a pair. Love I gave, it. I got a pair for Kirsten because she really liked... I have these green ones that I wear. They're so cute and I wear them like with dresses and it just like feels like I'm not even trying, but it's like right. so, they look so cute. Yes. I like the Oka is the model that to me looks the most like an old school s- skate shoe and I'll wear it with really nice like wide-legged pants and sort of dress down a suit a little bit. I just love them. They're so great and they come in amazing colors. They also do fun collabs as well. We love a fun collab. Yes. We love a fun collab. They did one with Pantone. Yes. I will buy anything Pantone. I'm such a sucker for it. So obviously I have some nice magenta shoes from Pantone. I also have some Peanuts collab sneakers. You do? You got the Peanuts collab? Yeah, they're so cute. I love Peanuts. That is so cute. <laughs> I'm just kind of a fan all all the way around. I just highly, highly recommend these shoes. Plus, 
all of the things that, uh, you know, that we care about, right? Like they're breathable, cotton canvas, but Karayuma is a B Corp and has a dedicated reforestation program based in the Brazilian rainforest. Come on. (laughs) Their co-founders, David and Fernando, both grew up there. So it's very close to their hearts. And for every pair of sneakers sold, Karayuma plants two trees. They've already planted over 2 million trees to date. Um, They're just kind of incredible. I love them. We love them. And they ship free and fast in the USA. They also offer worldwide shipping. All our international listeners love to be able to buy something that we advertise on the podcast, and they aren't always able to. These you can buy. They have 60-day free returns, and they deliver right to your front door using a single-box recycled packaging. The packaging is really smart. Um, I know, actually, the packaging is really smart. I get I excited for packaging, and theirs was worth getting excited over. I don't get excited about packaging, <laughs> but I noticed that this packaging packaging was unique and cool and single box because I hate when I, I fully especially hate when I order a pair of shoes online and they show up in a box in a box. I'm like, guys, <laughs> what are we doing? Don't need it. We don't need it. This is too many boxes. Okay, guys, for a limited time, Busy Phillips is doing her best. Listeners can get an exclusive 15% off your first pair of Karayuma sneakers It's back-to-school season, guys. Even if you don't have kids, it's time to get your back-to-school shoes going. Go to Kariuma, C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot com slash best to get 15% off. That's C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot com slash best for 15% off only for a limited time. Oh, my God. Casey, can I tell you something? Tell me. I'm not getting my period right now. I'm ovulating. But <laughs> but a couple of weeks ago when I got my period, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do these mix hers things yeah. because I just like whatever was like, I'm going to just do it consistently. Like I had tried it before because I was like, mm, tastes good. Okay, fine. I can like do, you know, like I like yeah. it. I like what yeah. they're going for here. Yeah. It made such a difference. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, it really did. So, Mix Hers um, is sponsoring our podcast. So, simply what it is, it's Mix Hers is a nutritional supplement that helps balance hormones. You basically just like mix it into your water. It's really easy. It's super easy. I put it in my big water bottle, my reusable water bottle, (laughs) shake it up. And the PMS stuff was like real because I'd been having like a lot of, like my boobs always get really sore when I get my period. And I don't know. It's just, it really worked. The one that I was using was called Her Time. Her Time. I like that. Um, But it's really kind of amazing. And the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for additional... PMS aids. Um, Like the the CEO was looking for relief from postpartum stuff, period stuff. Right. And she went to a holistic health practitioner named Cody Sanders who created (laughs) Mixer's first supplement to help balance hormones naturally. Here's what 
I think is really interesting. Like I've done research myself. I've like seen holistic people and they're like, okay, so you want to get this supplement and this supplement again? It's that thing, right? Where it's like, okay. You're already not feeling great. So to then get a list and a recipe is like worst, the worst case scenario. You're not doing it. It's just, I'm not doing, I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. Right. Um, They have now, MixHers has a dozen products. Right. um, That support women's wellness naturally, pre and postnatal supplements, menopause support, libido booster. Oops. Mm? Mm? We all need it. And Mm? they have a quiz. So to figure out what you need, just take their quiz to ensure you get matched with the products designed for your unique wellness goals. The one that I tried in this last cycle, and it really, really did great things for me. I'm so glad. I'm I'm glad it made a difference for you. There are no artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives. All of the products are gluten-free, 100% natural ingredients. So why don't you try it out? Join the thousands of women who've discovered feel-good freedom through balanced hormones Head to mixhers.com slash best and use promo code best at the checkout for an additional 10% off your order. Mixhers rarely gives out discounts, so 10% is the best offer you're going to find. But remember to use our promo code best for that additional 10% off. I do feel like maintaining hope is the thing that we got to keep in the forefront. Yeah, I mean, I just remembered, like, as she was talking, I was thinking about the strike and how long it lasted for the writers and how it's ongoing for the actors and how everybody has probably felt pretty hopeless. I was kind of bummed when the WGA announced that an agreement had been reached, and I saw a lot of Things from people kind of like chastising people for celebrating that, like, you know, saying like, well, we have to see it first. And like, I know, I know, we all know that we all have to see it and we have to look it over and we have to vote on it and agree to ratify it and everything. But like, let people have hope. It's been a long time. And so the fact that like the people that we've entrusted to negotiate this for us felt like this is a good enough deal to put before us. And like, yes, we have to wait until we see it. But just like, let people be a little bit happy that there was some movement, you know? Oh my God, I was was so excited. Me too. It was, I mean, it was kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I put it on my Instagram, like my email came and I put my email on Instagram and so many people were like, I saw it from your Instagram. And so I was just like... Yeah, I want everyone to see it and have that surreal moment. Like, oh, finally, something fucking happened. Because they, they met four days in a row. Because they met four days in a row. <laughs> they were able to make some progress. Fucking studio heads. <laughs> it's a lot. And wait, I just want to say for Hollywood break, for people who are listening, who are like have been following sort of the strike but don't really understand, there are a lot of issues. There are a lot of cross There are some crossover issues between SAG and WGA, but the reason why WGA was, I'm not going to say more important, but like it's a more complicated deal and what WGA was asking for 
required a little, like a lot more, honestly, negotiation and like figuring out of how to structure the deals than SAG will take. So like it is, it was always more important for WGA to go first. Right. Um, I mean, they've been striking longer, but also their deal, like my feeling as a SAG member is that if, if the deal's good enough for the WGA and their negotiating committee, that SAG will be able to make a deal that will do what we need it to do. Right. But because I was seeing a lot of people be saying like, wait, why, why WGA? I don't understand. And how do you know that SAG is going to be figured out? And the truth is because the, the things that are like real sticking points are real sticking points for both of our right. guilds. And then on top of it, WGA has a lot of other specific specifically for television writers, right. um, have a lot of other issues that are specific to television writers. Like they don't even really, like Mark, like honestly, a lot of the stuff like doesn't even fucking affect Mark at all. Right, right. Because he's just a screenwriter and he works, it's like that, you know. Right. It's just, but there, it was complicated. And so right, And I also we, we have faith certain. that it'll work out because like one job doesn't exist without the other, you know? Oh, for sure. So like the, the actors have to get a deal because our job doesn't exist without actors. Actors don't exist without writers. And also executives don't exist without either. So, you know, they, they can, no. they're free to go be executives of some other type of business. But the time has come to recognize that, like, the people that do the work have to be fairly treated and fairly compensated. So there's that. So anyway, I just think it's important to let people have little bits of hope um, and to celebrate small wins. And so I'm so glad that Rana was talking about, like, having hope and that they're doing this thing to celebrate other kinds of writers um, who, you know, these people aren't rich. These authors aren't rich. So I really do mean it about like buying their books for kids in your life. Because... I think it's such a smart idea. I'm going to totally do that. I like didn't even think of that as uh, that's just so smart, Casey, of course, because you're the smartest. <laughs> a big box of banned books. Um, what else is going on? I don't know. Lots of stuff. I feel like. <laughs> You're you? very busy. You have a lot of stuff going on. I've had stuff. I've had a lot of stuff. Lot Wait, of stuff. here's people keep asking a question about an ACLU event that you're doing in Ohio. Does that oh, ring yeah. a bell? I'm doing that. Can you that's give right. information about that? Because that's been a frequently asked question. Well, here's why I haven't brought it up yet. Oh, I'm trying to cover the zit I picked last night because it's bother- bothering me on Zoom. Um <laughs> Why did I pick it, guys? You're just you having know. A, a picky night. You know who I am. Um, okay, here's part of the reason why I didn't, I haven't, because we're, we were trying to finalize the deal, or the deal, finalize the um, details, because also initially I was doing it with America Ferreira, and then um, her schedule shifted, and then... So it was just like complicated because we were just trying right. to like figure out who else was going to be there and we wanted to make sure like, so I don't know if it's all been announced yet, but I reached out 
to the amazing Amber Ruffin. Oh, love. And Amber and her sister, Lacey. Love. And I are going to be doing this big ACLU fundraising event slash like getting everybody activated and ready for this next upcoming election cycle, raising money for the ACLU because you know the ACLU fights for all of us. And they're such an important organization now more than ever. And uh, and I'm so always happy to support them and show up for them. And I think it'll be a really super fun event. And if you're not a member of the ACLU, highly recommend becoming a monthly donor of, you know, supporting the, the work that the ACLU does. Um, ACLU stands for American Civil Liberties Union. <laughs> and that is what they're doing. They're fighting for our civil liberties for all of them. Wow. And uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be in Ohio. It was October 25th. Yeah. Or I think it's October 25th or yeah. October 24th. I can't remember. Okay. Well, keep an eye out for October 24th or 25th. If you were the persons asking about busy in Ohio, and but I also love can... though if it was just one person and you just were like, "I'm just going to hijack this moment and let's just <laughs> like <laughs> just we got asking. one we got one email we got it we got an email um, <laughs> asking about this thing um, no but I'm like ha- you know listen like look at the end of the day. And I think we said this last election in 22. Yeah. I just, like, I don't want to be in some sort of, like, defending your life situation where they roll back the tape and it's like, I totally could have done something, but instead I was, like, getting a facial. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or, like, it could have made the difference. Like, you just never fucking know. You don't know. That's why, you just don't know. That's why, like, showing up voting, but also just, like, showing up, period, is so fucking important. In, and it's, like, big things and small things. Like, okay. I went to see Ani DeFranco on Saturday night after oh, the yeah. Global Citizen yeah. thing. And the Global Citizen thing was, like, kind of intense and crazy. It seemed like it. It was kind of wild, but um, again, happy to show up, <laughs> like happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because I just don't want to be ever thinking like I could have done more, you right. know? Um, anyway, this, like a, a woman that, to be honest, have, I had, ne- had never met her in person before. Yeah. She is like friends with Michelle. Um so I've heard about her and I follow her doodle on Instagram because um, Michelle was like, oh my God, her doodle looks just like Gina. You should follow her. Right. And I did. Um, but like, didn't even know what she looked like. But she had reached out via the doodle's Instagram to me and was like, oh my gosh, I know from from the podcast that you had Ani DeFranco on your podcast. And my friend was supposed, I got tickets to see her on Saturday night at um, La Poisson 
Rouge, which is like a very small club here huh. in New York. Okay. Um, and she's like, my friend just bailed. Is there? And this was like on thir- like I feel like it was like Thursday. She texted yeah. me, she or DM'd me. She's like, is there any way you'd want to come with? And I a little bit was like, Kate and I really loved Ani together. Yeah. And talk about like, this is like literally. I'm so. I have. I really actually, I don't really have any regrets about these last, like this last, the last five, the five months, five and a half months of when Kate got sick and how I was able to be there for her and her family in those, in that time, you know, I don't, I really don't, like I feel, Christine and I've talked about it, like we both feel like we were able to like show up in the most meaningful ways for all of us, you know, like, yeah. um, like it'll never be enough time. Right. Like, of course, but like, but a couple of years ago, Ani was playing in Central Park. It was like, I had already moved here. Yeah. And Kate and I were like, oh my God, we should go, we should go, we should go. And we just didn't, we just didn't fucking do it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so part of me when Sheila, that's the woman, asked me if I wanted to go, I was like thinking of that moment and I was like, fuck, yes, I'm going to go. Also, it was like, you know, it's been a month since Kate passed away. I just thought it would be like, I don't know. I just was like, I want, I just wanted to go. Yeah. So I went and she played like so many old hits like the uh, from the albums that like Kate and I loved together in yeah. the 90s and and then like early aughts you know and it was just so awesome like it was just so it was really special like it felt really special you know Aww, I love that and then uh she ended she ended the set or her she like did an encore and the last yeah. song she played we were standing like sort of to the side you know at this point we were like kind of making our way toward the exit cuz like by the way don't love a huge crowd i mean you know what i'm like i get like right. you know whatever and she played joyful girl which is like this song that i like very much um, have a connection to Kate with that song, you know? Yeah. And I, like, took video, because I posted some videos from the concert on Instagram. And I, like, took... But I was just doing stories. I wasn't, like, taking video and then posting it. I was just taking... I was just doing stories. And I did a story of part of the song. And while I was, like, watching the video, I was like, oh, my God, there was, like, this little like light like dancing around Aww. on in the in the video yeah and it was i literally was like looking i was like i kind of like started crying and i was like looking at this video and i like was like what the fuck this is so crazy and then i like posted it to instagram and the show was over and like we left or whatever and then we were walking back towards like where we were whatever where we were both headed yeah and I was like, that's weird. The video didn't upload. 
And then I looked and then it just like the whole thing shorted out and it disappeared. Oh, wow. And I thought I was like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> that was just for me. <laughs> now I'm telling the story on the podcast. Sorry, Kate. Um, but like, <laughs> but I was like, I talked to Christine yesterday and I told her the story. She's like, I love that. I love that Kate was like, no, bitch. <laughs> it's just for you. But like it was, it did feel so special and nice. And I was glad that I did it and um, glad that I went. Oh my anyway. gosh. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's it, right? Go and be glad that you went. Go and be glad that you went. And like I don't know. There are very few times in my life where I've been like, ugh, I really regret doing showing up. Right. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because even if I'm being honest, even if I have a terrible time, then I have like some story, story. about the terrible time that I exactly. had. And I have something and everybody to loves a con. Uh, everyone loves a common enemy. Exactly. And sometimes, sometimes you need like a little bit of like a bad time to like talk shit about it. Yeah, and you know what's a good time. You wouldn't if you never had a bad yeah. time. You wouldn't know what was a good time. That's like there's like a group of friends that I have, and they all had like went to this wedding last year year or two I don't know sometime who what the fuck is time who knows right, it was probably like right. two months ago I don't know um but like separately like three friends were like oh my god wait did you hear what happened at the like you know what I mean like it became yes, this thing yes. like they ran out of food like it was like this whole thing you know right, and right. Like, everyone no one could wait to like talk about it and they're like it was beautiful it was beautiful honestly it was really fun because then we but, like all got food afterwards and da, 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 da. but like it was just it was just like so clearly everybody was like so thrilled to have even just like a story right you know right oh my gosh well, do we want to talk about what we're doing our best at? Because mine is a little bit of a story. <laughs> I mean, if this is if this is a fucking bathroom again. No. The bathroom is so close to being done. So close. It's only been several years, I feel like. But the bathroom's usable. So thank you to everyone for all of your prayers and your good thoughts. To What's that. the patron saint of bathrooms? I don't know. I got to look her up and see. <sighs> that but, bitch has really been asleep at the wheel. Okay. What happened? I'm, What's your story? What are you doing your best at? I have also been trying to go and be glad that I showed up, you know? Yeah, um, because you've been saying you have a lot of plans. You've got a full calendar. You're That's why you're getting your shots. You were doing yeah. the thing. I went mm-hmm. out to sushi with Ashley at a pop-up. And you know I don't like sushi, Mm-hmm. But she was supposed to take another friend who loved sushi, and that w- that friend got sick and so couldn't go. And I was like, I don't want to waste, like, amazing sushi on me because I'm not a sushi eater. And she was mm-hmm. like, no, I understand, but, like, no one else can go. So, and it's already, like, it's already happening. So I went and I ate sushi, and I was very proud of myself, and I didn't act like a baby. And then they were saying, like, Casey knows everybody uh, at the sushi dinner, and I was like, no, I don't, no, I don't. And then I ran into, like, some Bravo celebrities that I knew. But that's not my... <laughs> wait, I forgot to tell you. Wait, what? after I left, wait, just a real sidebar, Bravo celebrities. Um, Sheila and I, like, stopped at this place to have a drink after the show to decompress, talk about yeah. our favorite Ani yeah. moments. And we walked in, and this woman was like... 
<laughs> oh, hi, Busy Phillips. I'm from Bravo. Look at us. And I was like, look at us. I have no fucking idea who this woman was, what show she's on. Who was it? She was on, is there something that takes place in Paris? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Hold on. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna figure it out. But like, let's continue with because Bravo. Okay, that just reminded okay. me. Anyway, so been trying to show up and be glad that I went. And it, as you said, most of the time it's a good time. And you know, if it's not a good time, you get a good story. So anyway, I went to this gathering that one friend had, and I was mixing and mingling, and I met a couple. Uh, but the wife took my number and was like, we should go out to dinner sometime. Like, I get together with girlfriends all the time. We should go out to dinner. And I was like, yeah, I would love that. I have loved talking to you at this party, so definitely let's do that. Now, when people do that, they very rarely, rarely actually follow up and invite you to dinner. Totally. Totally. This person did. And so she invited me to a dinner like days later. And she was like, listen, this is like a birthday thing for another friend. And, um, you know, no pressure to come, but also it'd be fun. And I was like, okay. And so once I said, okay, I was going to the dinner, uh, you know, I'm going. Like I RSVP'd yes. And totally. even though I was like a little tired, whatever, whatever. I must have seemed tired because Matt was like, do you want me to drop you off at your dinner? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that way, if you want to have a drink or whatever, yeah. you don't have yeah. to worry about it. Safe. Yeah, good. So he he's like, where is it? And I told him the name of the place. And he was like, yeah, I know that place. So he drops me off at the place. I go in. I look for my party and for the one person that I know. They're not there. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I get a text saying, like, we're sitting in the back. And I was like, I already went to the back and I didn't see you. And then I was like, let me just double check that I'm in. I was, it was a place that had two locations and I was in the completely wrong location. So I texted everyone, listen, I'm on my way, but I'm going to be late for a very stupid reason. So I got a lift, drove a really far away to the other location. So I wound up being 40 minutes late. But when I went in, I was glad that I showed up because it was this person who I didn't know. It was her birthday. And it was supposed to be a party of 10 people and only five people had been able to make it for whatever reason. And we were like, it's okay. We're like half the party, but we'll have a good time. We had dinner and I had like my person that I knew a little better because I had met her at the party and then like a a handful of other uh, folks that I was just meeting and people were having drinks and we were eating our dinners and there were appetizers and everything and it was a good time you know just getting to know a group of people I love it I'm in for it so (laughs) then there was a point I wasn't drinking, so I had like a half a glass of champagne to toast for the birthday. But there was a point where I was like, oh my God, this bill is going to be like out of control because it's like, you know, there's a lot of orders flying back and forth. And I just was like, you know, you know me, cheap. So the bill comes. And of course, everybody's like, let's just split it five ways. And the woman that opened the bill was like, It's not that bad, you know? She was like, it's X amount of dollars. And I was like, okay, so we'll split it five ways. And then she said to the server, who, like, it was, the guy was new, and he was very flustered, I think, by, like, waiting on a party anyway. 
Um, and people had criticized the way that he poured champagne, and I tried to show him because I don't think he had ever done it, which I hope that wasn't condescending. I just didn't want him getting roasted by people. But um, but so anyway, one of the women was like, split it five ways, but I'm going to pay two portions of it because I'm going to pay for my friend's birthday, and then everybody else just give them one way. So the guy is like, yeah, 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 I got it. He brings everybody their bill. And everybody's like, is tip included? No, tip's not included because they listed down at the bottom. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, between the lift ride to get here really far and this, like, splitting the bill five ways, this is, like, a pricey night out. And I'm going to have to buckle it down for a long time and not go to any more <laughs> party dinners. <laughs> so I just quickly, like, put – saw the amount for a 20% tip, put it and like, submitted it and I was like I just want to you know how sometimes you just sign the bill so fast because you just want to get it out of your sight gave it to the guy everybody did the same thing uh and then we all went on our way the next day one of the women texts the text thread hey I think we were really overcharged at that restaurant last night because like the bill somebody said the bill was x and then if I'm doing the math like it should have been this but we were charged this So everybody was like, we need to, like, straighten this out. We need to figure this out. I was already out, like, getting my hair trimmed at uh, Fantastic Sam's. Maybe you've heard of it. (laughs) Because that is where my budget was at after that dinner. And so I figured, well, what the heck? Like, since I'm already, like, partway there, I might as well drive to the restaurant and just try to straighten it out in person. I did want to do a chargeback on my credit card because that, like, fucks up the restaurant, you know? Like, they don't get paid for the food that they gave us. And we, you know, we did owe money. So, um, so I went to the restaurant and I was like, explain the situation. And I was like, I think it was just confusing because one person asked to pay twice. And I, so I think he charged the rest of us double. And she was like, yes, let me straighten this out. She goes, she gets the like original receipt and then the stack of all the receipts. And she's like, it is, he did like bad math and you were, you and two other people were overcharged. She was like, if you think this is okay, I'm just going to um, give you back $300 and you can split, like maybe you can like Venmo your two friends the money that they're owed. And I was like, okay, great, fine. Sure. So I texted the group chat and <laughs> I was like- This all feels like a scam, by the way. I'm sorry, oh but God. it just does. It does. Do you know what I mean? It does. No, but listen, listen. I texted the group chat and I was like, I'm at the restaurant now. They did overcharge us. Here's the way that the hostess said was the best way to handle it. She's going to give me back $300. I'm going to split it and and send it, you know, send $100 to Venmo each of you and you keep guys. $100. Yeah. Yes. And the one person who paid two portions wasn't overcharged. Then I was like, okay, and I texted them all pictures of, like, the the rebate that she gave me, pictures mm-hmm. of, like, the entire total bill. And I was like, great, I got my, like, 100 bucks back, and that's a lot more palatable. But then I was, like, just about to go, and I was like, oh, actually, is there a way to um, amend the tip that I left? Because I left 20% on double, and so I would like to fix the tip. And she was like— right. I don't know. She was like, I don't know if there really is a way to fix the tip. And she was like, and I mean, also still like, and I could tell that she wanted to say something, but she didn't want to say it. And I was like, what? And she was like, I mean, also like, 
I mean, the tip, the total tip wasn't really like, you know, I mean, you can tip whatever. And I was like, what? And then I took the stack and I looked through only me and the woman that I had that invited me to the dinner had tipped anything at all. And so I oh, texted my God. I texted her off the thread like, "Oh my god, I have to tell you something." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh no." <laughs> so we had even though I had tipped like double, double and she had tipped double, it still wasn't enough for the whole table. Because there were five of us, so she was like, "Well, now my husband and I are going back there to bring more cash (laughs) to tip that poor guy." (laughs) But I was like, "Maybe it was an oversight." But I do know that we discussed that tip wasn't included. But I was just like, "Oh my god, are there fully fifty percent of people pretending that they're writing a tip on (laughs) on a check and get like?" Servers weigh in. Do people pretend that they're doing math for a tip and then submit it? And like, we all think that they're tipping and they're not. Is this a thing? I mean, that's insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually think that's like fucking weird. Like, I, that, I mean, thankfully the lady that invited you <laughs> was decent, but like, I don't know. I think that would be so fucking weird to find out. Jenny Connor and I always compare because she's like, I'm not having you tip more than me. Right. Like, right. we always are like, we're doing the exact same amount. And we do well, it that's the what exact had same happened amount. Because, okay, so the lady that I knew, I just wrote the amount like automatically. You know how at the bottom it says, if you want to tip 10%, it's this. If you want to tip sure, 15, sure. it's this. And mm-hmm. I all automatically chose 20 and it came out to like 37 like 85 or whatever. And that's what I wrote down. And then I was like, oh no, she gave 40, like to my left. I was mm-hmm. like, she gave 40 and I felt terrible about it. So I wound up leaving like cash to make it up to 40. But um, little yeah. did you guys fucking know. <laughs> but I'm sure those people like... never, they never expected that I'd go back and look through the receipts, like see the actual receipts. And I thought the hostess was so nice and she didn't want to like tell me, but also, <laughs> Like, had to know. I don't know. Does this happen? Servers, tell me. I'm sure uh, it does. I'm sure people... You... I'm also sure that people don't tip at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah. are you a person who pretends to calculate a tip, pretends to write down an amount, and then passes in your... I've had... One time I forgot to leave a tip. I forgot to write a tip in, and the person did, like, follow me out like the server, it was in New York City. And she was like, was there something wrong with your service? And I was like, no, it was fine. And she was like, oh, okay, because you didn't leave a tip. So I was confused. And I was like, that was an oversight. That was 100% a mistake. But other people must be forbidden from doing that. I mean, I will say that I I do know that like a lot of people are like sort of fatigued by the tipping that's like automatic on things now where it's like, it's not, but like at CVS, you know, and then they turn the thing around to you and then you're like, oh, I have to leave a tip for this. Right, right. like, you know, I mean, I always tip, obviously, because what am I going to not? Right. Right. Yeah, of course. Insane. Of course. Who who do I think I am? James Corden? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway. I'll be here all week. I was um, that's doing fucking my best. crazy. I was doing my best. I thought, oh, I'll just go straighten this all out for everybody, and like, and and I did. You were doing your then, best being a helper, and it, but sometimes when you help, it just opens up a can of a can of worms. 
Just a can of worms. Like just things that I never, I never would have known, but then I knew. But then once you know something, you can't unknow it. You can't yeah. unknow it. You can't that's, unknow it. That's very, very true. Wow. But um, yeah. So anyway, I was trying to do my best, but then it, it was, it was eye opening. It was an eye opening mm. experience, and uh, and also could have been an honest mistake. I don't know. I don't know those people well enough. Maybe they were drunk. That's what I mean. Yes. Maybe they, I mean, who fucking knows? Guys, and I and know. like I said, it was chaotic. There were like five Feels like it was chaotic. On. Yeah, it was chaotic. So anyway, all's well that ends well, but LOL. But a true lol. <laughs> um, what are you doing your best at? <sighs> She's I don't know. Like, I do think that I'm like, I do think even though I spent some amount of time on this podcast, like you know talking about the internal struggles of my brain and like how I get like I'm so hard on myself or whatever I do feel like I did really try I have really been trying to like show up like when you know it was Carrie's 50th birthday and like yeah I've been fucking sad and whatever but I was like you know what though if I'm gonna go I'm going to get, like, I had to, I truly had to, like, do, like, a little bit of, like, fake it to make it for her party. Like, I put, I literally put on a skirt that was, like, that was wardrobe from Girls 5 Eva that I, (laughs) sorry, guys, I stole it. Um, No, (laughs) I mean, I did, but I also was sort of gifted it. Yeah. Um, But, like, I really, like. I because almost like I had to like I was like I'm putting on a costume yes to go to my friend because I my I love Carrie so to play much a part to, and I want to celebrate her and I don't want to like be sitting in a corner talking to some person about like my friend that passed away and how hard and my kid at boarding school and how sad and hard this time has been do you know what I mean yeah. which is like that is actually like sort of my inclination in this moment. Cause that's like what right. I feel all the time. Right. But, um, but, but, but I put on my fucking costume and BB was with me. Emily was here and we went with Steph, my realtor, who's also who I met through Carrie, who's friends with yeah. Carrie. Um, and went to the party and fucking like had drinks and, danced and like met people and did photo booths and had Carvel and candy and like had fun. Like really was like, even though I was just like, this is not when I was like, even when I got there all like, um, right when I got there, I was all like, it was a, it was a huge party, you know, just yeah. like her big blowout. She's never had like a huge party for herself like this. Yeah. Um, when I got there, I literally almost felt like um, like I was going to fall asleep. Like I was like, have you ever had that reaction from stress? No, but that is Lincoln. That Lincoln's lifelong yeah. reaction to a party is falling asleep. Yes. So for me, like when I get sort of like overwhelmed emotionally or like I just feel like I can't handle a thing, I get like, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm like really about to fall asleep. And I truly like felt that thing 
Like yeah. I was like, I gotta, I like could put my head down on the bar and fall asleep if oh, I, in no. that moment. Yeah. But I just was like, in my head, I was like, fucking get it together. You're wearing a skirt that looks like a lampshade. <laughs> you got to make it to the dancing. Go eat some fucking food. Like go just get another cocktail, like drink some water, talk to some people. Oh and I did. And like, I really fucking, I really powered through it and had like, and had a, had a great, had a great time. Like I really was really fun. Um, yeah, so that was so that was a thing that I did my best at, like, you know, even though it was sort of like, because there are certain things that I think that, especially in times of like a lot of stress or grief or uh, change in your life, like I just want to offer this to whoever might be listening. It might not be, it might not be like actually, you know, you've actually lost someone, but like, we all go through times when we're not. <laughs> doing our best. Right. Um, that like giving yourself the grace for sure of like, you know what? Maybe it's it's okay that you're not like digging in on this thing right now or you don't have to go to that like acquaintances like dinner party that you said two months ago you were going to go to. But like now in this moment, you're really... Right. You need to take care of yourself. Like, but at the same time, there are some things where you're like, doesn't fucking, like it actually, this is like where showing up for other people is is important, even though you're going through whatever it is that you're going through. Like she's been, Carrie is a friend that's been there for me through so many things that right. it was really important to show up and like show up in a, good fucking fun way, you know? And right. she would have, of course, understood. Right. But I I wanted to, like, show her in my, like, action and being that, like, her, like, celebrating her was so important to everybody that was there, right. you know? And did you, you wound up, like having a little fun. I totally wound up having a lot of fun. A Good. lot of fun. Good. And I will say, yeah, at the end of the night, I ended up like talking to some friends that like I haven't, friends is like a, maybe a word too, too big of a designation, but they're like people that I've known for a really long time and like yeah. we were all working the same business and um. And I hadn't talked to them in so long. And it, we were laugh. I was like laughing so fucking hard. Like could not, like I was just like, it, they were, it was just like we were cracking each other up. Like it was Aww. just really fun. That was like probable. I mean, dan and the dancing was really, really fun. Um, Cause you know, I love to break it down on the dance floor. I know you do. I really do. I really do. And also, America really loves to break it down on the dance floor. <laughs> no, not the United States of America. America no, Ferreira. America Ferreira. And her <laughs> husband really loves to break it down on the dance floor. Good. Um, and so many of Carrie's friends breaking it down. And it was just like, that part was very fun. But I do get, a, I get to a point sometimes too with dancing, like on a, in like a, at a party or whatever, where 
I'll go for a run, but then if that DJ shifts to a song that I'm not, that's not for me, then I'm done. I'm like out. <laughs> and I don't, and I never can go back. Kills your vibe? Kills, not kill, it doesn't kill my vibe. I'm just like, I've done it. I've done it. I did it. I danced. Right. Yeah, that now makes sense. Now we're in, we're in like an obscure, like Depeche Mode remix. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm You done. have to stop dancing. The dancing has to end at some point. Otherwise it's like, um, that fairy tale where the enchanted shoes like kill you, you know? <laughs> that is truly unhinged. But also I do want to say, I like, I, I like, yeah, I really, really was so happy with my, like, like I really felt some, like the, the costume worked. Yeah. And I remembered because, you know, this was always my thing, like back in high school, back in high school, really, that that was how I like got myself up and to go to school and get, and like get there. Dopamine dressing. Dopamine dressing. I, I dopamine dressed. That's, and they have a I have name for it now. I have great fucking clothes. You guys know that. Like I like love my clothes. I have great clothes. Yeah. But I do think like there was a there was an option of being like sort of more understated <laughs> for yeah. Carrie's birthday that would have been like nice and like a, right. probably like more closely, I don't know, age appropriate. What even does that mean? <laughs> but then I but then I was just like I saw the lampshade from fringe skirt <laughs> from girls five other. And I was like, yeah, this is where we're, we we got to be here. We got to be here tonight. This is That's who we it. are tonight. <laughs> and I really feel like I was like, okay, I can be this person. I am this person. I am. Cause I am this person. Yes. I just don't really feel like her right now. Right. Um, but, but you'll be I her was, again, but I'll be her again. Her clothes still fit you. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> <gasps> Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, so yes. I've, yeah. So that was good. I felt like that all, it all, that was good. Oh my I gosh. did my best at that, at like figuring out, I did my best at like figuring out how to show up for that. For the occasion. For my you friend. To, for you the literally occasion. rose to the occasion. I literally rose to the occasion. And same with the next night with the, um, whatever, global citizen thing. Right. And then going to meet, Sheila, uh, Ani DeFranco, which by the way, I also was like, what am I doing? Why am I what doing am I do- this? Why I should just I not this? do this. That's what I ask myself as I'm going to anything, literally when I'm not even <laughs> in a bad place. I'm like, why am I going here? Why? Yeah. What am I doing? But then I like have fun 80% of the time, 80, 80 to 90% of the time. It's great. But I I'm always think the last time, I'm trying to think the last time that I like, was like, well, that was a fucking waste of time. I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, I'm, tr- I'm truly, like, yeah, trying to think if I've had one of those moments. I think, I don't think I have. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I don't think I've, there's really been yeah. Anything that's like felt so maybe that's what like that sort of sort of starts to peel away once you get older and like is that sense of like obligatory showing up places. 
Yeah, or well, or that you didn't get anything out of something. Or that you didn't get anything out of something. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. even, yeah, because, right. Right, like, because as we said, even if you just have a story. Right, <laughs> right. Um, oh, you know what? I almost texted you late last night, but then I was like, it's late for me. It's super late for her. Yesterday was the 24th anniversary of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah, it was the 25th, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I almost wished you happy anniversary, and then I was, was like— only 24, though, because I think I know. I was dumb. like, it's not a big enough anniversary, and also I, I bet year. you would appreciate sleeping more than getting this text from me. Maybe next year for the 25th anniversary. Yeah. If this podcast is still going, <laughs> why don't we—maybe we can do, like, some sort of little reunion with All right. some of us. Okay. Maybe we can get some people on a Zoom. Start Maybe we making could do it for calls. a charity. Maybe. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't even talk about my fucking pottery thing. Oh, my God. Your pottery thing. Crazy. How much did it go for? $5,100. That's amazing. That's insane. I know you would never do this, but I was watching the auction the whole time and seeing, like, how much people were bidding on your thing versus other people's thing. I was competitive on your behalf. So Same I was with happy. Alan. <laughs> I was and happy in fact, were- Alan was like, really, like, really wanted me. Like, by the way, they have no skin in this game at all. Like, doesn't know Lena Dunham or like, it just doesn't right. like, really wanted me, my pottery class to beat Lena Dunham's mural for some reason. <laughs> it was like very important to Alan. And at the end, it ended up going for the exact same amount. But Alan texted me and was like, but you got more bids. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Cool. Like it was, I was like, okay, I guess, um, okay. Anyway, oh my God. That's hilarious. Yes, I was competitive on your behalf and happy that you were having a respectable showing. I I know we didn't, we didn't talk about the pottery class. We didn't talk about how I almost passed out from the hot tub and got lectured as I was passing out. I mean, there's a lot that we didn't talk about. A lot (sighs) has happened. Well, I know. It seems like a lot has happened. It's it's just been one week, and yet so much has happened. It's been like a year of a week. Yeah. It really has been a year yeah. of a week, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Emily got her hair colored. Yes. I talked so to Emily good. into getting her hair colored. Everybody was talking about how she had had a moonlighting moment. Moonstruck. And we didn't know what that Oh, that's what I meant. Moonstruck moment. <laughs> but we didn't also know, maybe moonlighting. Who and knows? we didn't know what that meant. And then you had to send her the video. And then we watched <laughs> the video from Moonstruck. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. She went to the salon, got her gray hair covered. And then she was like, I'm hot. And everybody was like freaking out about it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, you and I are going to maybe have some really exciting things to talk about soon. I know. Like next week even? Maybe, yeah. Like I, I think we might some... have it next week. Maybe we'll it might we'll be. see. We'll see. What do you mean? Stop saying that. Stop no, it. I mean we'll see when the when they tell us we can say anything. I thought it was next week. I don't know. I got some emails while we were talking, but I didn't read them obviously because right. I just saw the headlines. But um, we have fun times ahead. You know what I'm hopeful for? What? Twenty twenty four. Why'd you say it? <laughs> uh, 
You're like me, like, at least our roof didn't leak during this hurricane. <laughs> and Matt being like, you dumb shit. Why did you say that? I mean. No, you, we're right to be hopeful. I'm allowed to be hopeful. This is, if we learned anything I, yes, today. I was just saying, we have to allow people to be hopeful. We have to be hopeful. Yes. I'm going to live in this place. I'm hopeful. I'm going to stay open and hopeful. Because guess hopeful. what? Shit's going to happen the way it's going to happen one no. way or the other, whether you yes. lead up to it with diarrhea or being or hope. stoked. Yeah. Yeah. And by so, the way, I've had hope. enough fucking diarrhea. <laughs> choose hope. <laughs> Stop diarrhea. <laughs> Should we make t-shirts? <laughs> God, I mean, listen, you can have both. You can be hopeful and have diarrhea. I'm just saying, like... And I have, historically speaking, I have. Yeah. But I'm, I think, I don't know. I'm looking forward to something else. Yeah, me too. It's going to yeah. happen. This is, me too. This is the year. This is it. <laughs> <sighs> All right, guys. Well, guys, we love you. We love Thanks. you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are also doing something kind of cool tomorrow that I don't want to say in case anything happens. But once it happens, we'll tell you. I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. No, I know. I do. 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 It's what my computer's sitting on right now. Just okay. FYI. All you right. I mean? Okay. Once it happens, we'll tell you that it yeah, happens. Yeah, we'll tell you But I never it. want to tell you before something happens because then you, you never know. know. God forbid. You me. never know. <laughs> All right, we love you, Guys, and we'll we talk you. to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Oh, no.